In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. And happy Labor Day weekend. Um, Father Joe just read us the gospel from Mark, and um, if you remember, we'd been in John for quite a few weeks, so we're we're back in Mark now, and uh, at this point in the story, just for a little recap, Jesus has been preaching and teaching. He's given life to Jairus' daughter, he's walked on water, fed the 5,000, and people are coming all over to be healed by him and his disciples. So his ministry is in full effect when the Pharisees come to him to demand to know why the disciples are eating without washing their hands. Why aren't they keeping the traditions handed down by the elders? And frequently Jesus has strong words for the Pharisees and today is no different. He calls them hypocrites, says their hearts are far from God and that they worship God in vain. So what have they done to warrant this response from Jesus? The Pharisees and scribes were a group of Jews who designed a set of elaborate rituals that make them look good and holy on the outside. But Jesus knows they've just found a way, a religious way, to serve themselves. He knows that while their actions appear righteous, their hearts are far from God. In this case, the Pharisees wonder why Jesus' followers aren't cleaning themselves and their food properly. Jesus goes for the heart. He tells them, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. So all of the practices regarding which foods to eat and how to clean themselves after touching impure things are missing an important point. These rules offer only physical cleanliness, which is great for avoiding a cold, but they reveal a misunderstanding about the origin of impurity and the character of God. Their hearts are dirty, and God isn't impressed by their ritual cleanliness. And the text tells us Jesus is speaking to the whole crowd. That includes us. Okay, so if, if Jesus is speaking of the heart, then the solution is to simply make sure our motivations are pure, right? We just need to avoid sin by our own willpower and make sure we're motivated by the desire to serve God at all times, right? Well, take it from me, that work can become neurotic and time-consuming, as well as ultimately impossible. The reality is we all know that our heart's intentions can be motivated by something other than holiness, even when we do the right thing. I was reminded of this a few weeks ago when my girls and I were shopping for back-to-school supplies and clothes. We had been at Target for, it was at least two hours, and we finally got all our purchases out of the store and started the long, excruciatingly hot walk back to the car. Everyone was hangry, (laughs) hungry and irritable and tired. We got to the car all the way at the other end of the parking lot and unloaded our cart only to discover a t-shirt 
hidden underneath my purse. I'd forgotten to pay for it. So my head uh, spun, a couple of options uh, ran through. Uh, Leave it in the car, pretend I didn't see it, keep the shirt and pay for it the next time I'm at Target because you know there'll be a next time, but that makes no sense. I could send one of the kids back in to pay for it. (laughs) And of course, finally I thought, there are people watching. My children are watching. The only choice I had was to walk the 100 degree gauntlet back to the store and pay for the shirt. So I did the right thing. In paying for the shirt, I hadn't stolen it. I hadn't violated one of the Ten Commandments, but my heart was selfish. My heart, I wanted to do the convenient thing. I wanted to ride home with the (laughs) T-shirt. The only reason I didn't break Florida law and God's law is I want to set a good example for my children. Well, that and the guilt I would feel, of course, later on. But the point is I certainly wasn't motivated to love and serve God in that moment. And am I the only one? (laughs) Who of us hasn't done the right thing for the wrong reason? Who hasn't done the right thing on the outside and twisted up in knots in the head or on the inside? Jesus tells us that God knows the motivations of our hearts, and it's not really a pretty picture. We don't have to look very far to see that individual sin come to impact many others. We can look right to our own community. Such a tragedy happened last week in our own town. A man got angry at a video game and shot 11 people, killing three, including himself. Now, sure, I haven't done that, but I have contributed to the pain of another person and the collective pain of the world. This culminates in tragedy sometimes. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that if you feel hatred toward someone, it's the same as killing them. And so while not on the outside, in a very real sense, on the inside, spiritually, we are the same. All of us are. I don't know about you, but my lack of control over my own heart and over the heart of the whole world can lead me to the depths of despair. When things go wrong on the outside, we manage or medicate that despair and must hide to keep up a sparkly image. If I didn't have Jesus, I'd pull out my hair. But I do have Jesus. I do. And so it leads me to cry out for mercy. And this is where we come to the good news portion of this sermon. While Jesus points to where evil intentions originate, we know from his ministry he doesn't stop there. Following laws, attending the right church, achieving worldly success, even cleaning up our behavior, it all looks good on the outside, but it won't bring us favor with God. None of the things we do make us able to be in relationship with God, to bring God's presence into our lives. No, God does that for us. And that is good news. God is the one who came to us in the form of the Son to teach, 
to offer his life and death as a gift and to reveal through resurrection that the evil motivations of the heart of the entire world are defeated. How can we see this in our gospel message today? Well, let's take a look at what is also happening when the Pharisees approach Jesus and the disciples. Remember, at that moment in time, the disciples have just finished healing and feeding people. They are eating with Jesus at that moment. With their dirty, ritually impure hands, they're eating and spending time with Jesus. They're violating the rules of the establishment, and yet the Son of God himself shows up to eat with, heal with, and reveal the kingdom of God to them. Jesus comes to the disciples exactly as they are. So the disciples are free to be in God's presence without having to jump through any hoops. They're free from the system of Roman authority, free from the religious establishment, free from the condemnation of their sin, free to live and be with Jesus. Like the disciples, we too are free to live and be with Jesus, just as we are. We can't and we don't have to clean up our hearts to meet God. We don't have to. Of course, I'm not saying it's okay to steal clothes from Target or that all the laws are out the door. We can do whatever we want. I'm not saying that because Jesus does indeed command us to live in a certain way. The freedom I'm talking about here isn't our cultural understanding of freedom. It's not like the Bill of Rights. No, this freedom is not about what we are allowed or not allowed to do. This freedom is like opening the door of a prison cell we had no idea we were in. Just think of the example of the Pharisees in our gospel today. Their cell, their cell of keeping the laws and making sure others keep the laws, that cell prevents them from choosing to eat with Jesus. That cell prevents them from joining and following Jesus. In my own life, Jesus offers me freedom, freedom from fear of making a mistake and ruining God's love for me. It's freedom from controlling every detail of our lives and the lives of those around us. It's freedom from needing to be the best at everything. For you, it may be something else. Jesus opens the prison of our hearts so that we can experience wholeness in relationship with God. And as we live into this gift, we begin to change our behavior. God purifies our hearts, and our motivations are a little cleaner than before. God loves us first, and with the freedom he gives, we can love God and each other. Amen.